This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Bless you, Father. Well, so good to see all of you youth. I guess you're going, so uh, be gone, will you? Hallelujah. Amen. So good to uh, see all of you this morning. Thank you for being here today. We want to welcome those of you that are watching online. Appreciate you as well. And uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. Uh, We're having communion here uh, within the facility, so you may want to uh, find something to have communion. Praise God. Go out in the kitchen, get some stuff. And uh, a little bit later in the service, we will. You say, well, I don't have my stuff. Don't worry about it. We're going to make that all happen for you. Now everybody can, you know, rest easy. I could, everybody kind of set up on their seats and say, well, I don't have my thing, you know. Yeah, we'll get that to you just in a minute. Praise the Lord. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention to you this morning. Um, we have really the grand privilege of being able to live within the state of Iowa. Uh, how about a little bit more? Can I get a little more? Yeah. I tell you, you know, when you think about everything that's gone on within our world here in the last couple of years and uh, uh, things we've had to deal with and what it is that our governor has had to uh, navigate through, um, you need to continue to uphold and uplift her because she um, is a uh, champion for righteousness and for what is right and good. And this week, uh, she made, I don't know if it was a declaration, proclamation, or just a request for all of us to um, pray uh, for the Ukraine and as churches. And so we're going to do that here in just a moment. And while I'm at that, you know, aren't you glad uh, for those that have chosen to uh, serve uh, as representatives, uh, different ones throughout our state? Uh, We have the good fortune of being able to have, um, well, I, I, I guess I just say it and whatever happens, happens. But we have the good fortune of being able to have a majority both in the House and the Senate and, um, and then a governor with some brains. And uh, it's just kind of a wonderful uh, thing that we all need to thank God for. And we happen to have a representative uh, within our congregation, um, uh, Tommy over here in the corner, and uh, he's getting ready to um, re-up. Is that the way you would put that? So anyway, you know, you say, can you do this? Well, I'm just doing it. I don't care. Why can't I? I'm the pastor. It's my church. <laughs> but you can go out there and you can sign your name to some nomination thing. Is that what you got to have? Yeah. They're out there at the uh, um, courtesy, what do you call that thing? Guest services. So put your name on that thing. Help him out. Get him back in there because he's doing a lot of good. I said he's doing a lot of good. And uh, we appreciate that, you know. Um, It's just nice to have sane people in places that make a difference. Are you listening to me? So uh, uh, anyway, for whatever all that's worth. I'm so glad you're here. I really am. I believe that God's going to do some amazing things in our lives today. You believe that with me? You know, the Bible said, Jesus made the statement. He said that all things are possible to the one who believes. Now, of course, we have to kind of figure out what that means, what it means to believe. But once you get a hold of that and a couple other things about releasing your faith, man, amazing things can happen in your life. I'll give you a simple illustration. You know, uh, a lot of people told me I needed Jesus. And in my heart of hearts, I knew that. How many of you knew it? But you just didn't do it. huh? Why? Because there are times in our lives when we are not so bright. Okay? And uh, the God of this world blinds your mind. And, um, and so I was in that place. But once I got enough of the word, you see, the Bible says it's not my word like a hammer. If you want to help somebody, give them the word. I mean, you don't, you don't have to say, now, thus saith the Lord, you know, in this particular verse of Scripture, this is what it says. No, just talk to them about what the Bible says, because his word is alive. And that's what happened to, to me. I mean, you know, somebody, I, I got enough of the word on the inside of me to be able to put me in a position to be able to have faith. Because faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God. So once I got to that place, then I was faced with a decision, a choice, you know. 
And I acted on what I had come to believe. I knew that I needed a Savior. More than anything else, I knew I needed to get, I didn't understand the term saved, but I knew I needed him. And so I just said, if you're in this, you know, if you're out there, that's what I said, if you're out there, come into my heart. And, you know, it's a faithless prayer, but guess what? It worked. Why? Because I said, if you're, it's kind of like Jesus, or not Jesus, but Peter, he said, well, if that's really you, ask me to come. He said, can't deny myself, come on. You know, so I said, if you're out there, come into my heart. He says, well, I am, and he did. Are you listening to me? But you have to ask. That was the action part of my receiving salvation and being born again of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, you know, he said that, didn't he? Didn't he say, ask, and you will what? Receive. Hallelujah. So thank God for the God that we serve. He is a faith God. He requires faith on your part to believe him. People say, well, you know, I need a sign. Well, you know, if you read the New Testament, you discover real quick, that, that never worked out very good for those folk, you know? In other words, he wasn't ever going to lower himself to a place of trying to appease the unbelief and the doubt of humanity. Right. Hallelujah. So thank God for his word. Amen. And we're people of faith here this morning, aren't we? So we can expect God to do amazing things, can we not? Hallelujah. So let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Romans. If you can find Romans there uh, in your Bibles or on the device, whatever it is that you're using today. Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. Romans, the fifth chapter. Notice with me these first two verses of Scripture. It says, the Apostle Paul is writing here by inspiration of the Spirit of God, and he says, therefore, being justified, not going to be, but having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. You know, we are people of hope, are we not? If you're not, you should be. Because thank God he's made some promises that he's going to make good on glory to God in each and every one of our lives. Uh, the, as I mentioned earlier, today we're going to be receiving communion and in conjunction with that, we're going to be praying for and ministering to the sick through the laying on of hands. And uh, it's a biblical practice that we find within the New Testament. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And then he went on to say that these signs shall follow them that believe that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you know, in talking about healing, you know, when we pray for people, if they don't have a, some kind of an instant manifestation in their body, they say, well, I didn't get nothing. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, when you make a statement like that, you obviously weren't in faith in the first place. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Praise the Lord. No, praise God. The Bible says they laid hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if I have a manifestation instantly or not. I believe the word of God. Amen. And if you'll do the same, the same thing will happen for you. Now, James, now that was, you know, uh, something that Jesus said. But then James, he said, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, which is an act of consecration. And the Bible says that the prayer of faith shall save or deliver the sick, and the Lord, hallelujah, shall raise him up. So you know, how many of you know God wants you to be well? Now you know if you're of the persuasion, well, sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't, well, then you're in a place of unbelief and doubt, Okay. You know, Thomas said that. He said, you know, you know, everybody's telling him, hey, Jesus is alive. He said, I don't care. Unless I see the print of the nails in his hand, thrust my hand into his side, I ain't going to believe. And that's essentially what that is. Sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. God heals all the time. 
I said God heals all the time. His power is present everywhere, always. All we have to do is get into a position to receive what it is that he has provided. Amen? Hallelujah. So, um, so, so that's what we're going to be doing. It's going to be awesome. So if you're in a situation where you need, you know, healing in your body of some nature, you know, the Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and he bare, the King James used the word bare, or bore our sicknesses. So there's really no reason for you to keep on with it. I said, there's no reason for you to keep on with it. You might as well be made whole. Hallelujah. And so we're going to do that. But first of all, let's talk about communion because the reality is, is, well, I'll get into that in a little bit. Hallelujah. Let's ask this important question this morning. What is communion for? What's it for? I mean, you know, um, you, you can go to various denominations and, and uh, religious preferences, and they'll have all kinds of uh, ordinances and practices and different things of that nature that they, you know, uh, quite a menagerie sometimes of everything that they're doing and, and so on and so forth. And I'm not knocking that. I mean, you know, people can do whatever it is that they want. But, you know, we find in the Scriptures there are two ordinances that Jesus, Jesus, you know, the head of the church, the king, Two ordinances that he gave to us to observe or to practice, one of which is communion, and the other is water baptism, okay? So in this, when we talk about it, why we practice it, you know, this is what Jesus said about it. You know, and I think he's a pretty good authority on the whole deal, huh? Why do we do this? Because he said, as often as you eat this bread, as often as you do, he doesn't put a, a, a specific number or when. <laughs> I remember this one time. Somebody visited our church. This is probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, got done with the service. We had had communion. Or, or let's see. Uh, I guess maybe we'd had. Oh, no, I don't think we did communion that day. But anyway, after the service, I was right back here behind uh, Terry and Wanda, right back in there. And I met up with some woman that I had never met before. And, you know, uh, she said, your service was so good, but there's only one problem. I said, okay. You know, because when that happens, you got to brace yourself because you never know what's going to come up. And I said, okay, so what's that? She says, well, you didn't have communion. So she obviously had come from a practice that whenever you gather and meet, you have communion. I said, well, I'm sorry about that, ma'am, but, you know, we do practice communion, and you can call it a tradition or a practice or whatever, but we do typically try to do that once a month, sometimes on special occasions like Easter, or maybe, you know, our, uh, we've even done it sometimes, I think, for Christmas Eve or something of that nature, because there isn't anything in the Scripture that says every time you meet, you have to do this, and if you don't, you're in sin. Okay, it says, as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup. Now, notice he says, you show or declare or proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, when we talk about why we practice or observe communion, in other words, why is it that we, we do it, communion serves as a memorial, it serves as a reminder for all of us primarily of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but primarily his dying for us. In other words, when you and I have communion together, it points to his sacrifice he made for you. He did something for you, and he did it because he loved you. And you know, when Paul was writing and reasoning about this matter, he says, you know, scarcely for a righteous man will some die, even yet peradventure per, per that some even for a good man would dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were rank sinners, he died for the ungodly. You know, there's some people that I look at, you know, of high profile and things that I don't like very much because of the influence that they're having on so many people's lives, especially right now. Hallelujah. And so when you, when you see these things happening, you know, you think about the fact Jesus died for them. And, and that's kind of hard to 
get your head wrapped around, isn't it? But nevertheless, he in fact did that for you and me. And by the way, Pastor Brian, don't let me forget to pray for the Ukraine. I went right past that. Okay, you knew that. You were well aware of that. Okay, okay. Okay, anyway. So, So again, talking about this, and let me get back to my thought here, is that it reminds us of his death the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Jesus, we read in the scriptures that as they, the disciples, were eating, that Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Now, I don't want you to get the idea, and again, some places, you know, people in their uh, uh, particular beliefs and preferences will say, well, you know, this is literally the body of Jesus. Well, no. It's not. It symbolizes his body. Well, you know, God miraculously turns it into his body. No. I said it's bread, dude. Maybe it's unleavened or whatever, you know, but it's just bread, and it's some kind of juice or wine or whatever it is that they're participating in. But he said, this is my body. And then he took a cup and he gave thanks, and he gave it them saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of of sins. Now, what's interesting about that is, is Luke's uh, narrative and his record of this same thing, he makes reference to this point. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Jesus gave his physical body for you. And the Bible says that upon his back, there was stripes which were born so that by them you might be healed. Jesus did that for you. So he said, this is my body which is given for you. And then he goes on to say that this, is, this cup is the new covenant or testament in my blood, listen, which is shed for you. So he gave and shed for you. So that, praise God, you could be here this morning so that you could have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. And thank God for that, that we have this hope. Because, you know, the the people of the world that don't know Jesus, they don't have any hope. And I can't imagine living in a world today like it is without the hope that we have in God. Can you say amen? So it's no matter what it is that's going on, how bad it gets or whatever, thank God, we win. We're going over, not under, because of what it is that Jesus did for us. So a sacrifice for our sin was necessary so that you and I wouldn't end up in hell. Now, you know a lot, again, talking about different preferences and what people believe. Some people don't even believe there's a literal hell. They don't believe there's a devil. They think, well, that's just something that we've come up with, you know, to represent that which is evil or bad in the world. Well, you know, you need to read your Bible because, yes, in fact, there is a literal hell and there is a literal Satan who's out to kill, steal, and to destroy. He is the God of this world. And there are many other things that we could enumerate, you know, with regard to who he is and what he is. But I'm telling you this much, he's real. That's why Jesus came. I mean, if the devil's not real, why in the world did Jesus come and give his life? Why did he shed his blood? Why is it that he paid this price so that you and I could live if there isn't a difference between life and death? Huh? So some of the theology that we got going on out of pulpits these days is nothing but a bunch of junk. Are you listening to me? And yet it's being espoused in lots of different places. But you know, when you think about what it is Jesus was talking about with communion, it's also reflected, and we can see it in the Old Testament with the Passover. And he, uh, he said this, this was Moses, actually as the mouthpiece of God, He says this in Exodus chapter 12 and uh, 24. He says, And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance to you and to your sons forever. Everybody say forever. In other words, 
This, this moment when God did all of these miraculous things for these people marks a time in the history of Israel that God wants to set up a, a memorial, an, a, an altar, whatever it is that you want to call it, that it was on this day something significant happened, and I want you to use it yearly, annually, to remind people of what it is that I have done. So as we go on reading, it says, It shall come to pass that when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he's promised, you shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say to you, What do you mean by this service? You are to tell them it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over our houses or the houses of the children of Egypt or Israel in Egypt, and smote the Egyptians, and delivered our houses. And the people, then after having heard this, bowed their heads and worshiped. Hallelujah. What do you mean by this service? What's this all about? It's when God delivered us, and kept us, and preserved us when everybody else had judgment come to their house. Aren't you glad today, praise God, because of the blood of Jesus, the judgment will never ever come to your house or come to your life because of what it is that he's done for us. And so those who participated in this, they escaped judgment. And thank God, because you and I have come to a place of faith in Christ, thank God we've escaped judgment. And it's all because of his blood. Can you say amen? Amen. The Bible says that even Christ... Our Passover is sacrificed for us. So under this new covenant, Jesus did something for us. And thank God, you know, we don't have to, you know, annually go someplace or participate in this and that and the other. But as often as you eat and drink this, you can declare and show the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. So, you know, ask yourself the question, you know, when this happened in Israel... The Bible says that the firstborn of every person or every family or whatever all died. Even, I think, the firstborn of all animals. Okay? And you ask yourself, why the judgment? Why did judgment come? And it's real simple. It's because of sin. It's because of disobeying God. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. We're all in a world of hurt without Jesus. Can you say amen? But thank God he came. And the Bible says he has quickened or made us alive. Because of our decision for receiving Christ, he's quickened or made us alive who were dead in trespasses and in sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Makes a guy want to shout. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say that we were by nature the children of wrath. Even We were born into sin. That's why we need Christ. That's why if we would just get a clue and receive what it is that he's provided and understand that he's not against us. He's not against you. He's against sin, praise God. And he paid a price so that you could live. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord can or shall be saved. It is the smartest, the wisest, the most intelligent thing that a person can do is to bow their knee to the Lord Jesus and give him all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind. So wise. Hallelujah. Why? Because it'll not only profit in this life, but in the life that is to come. And thank God we'll be able to experience his life. You know, when I I talked about the fact that we are by nature the children around, you can't change what you are. But God can. I said you can't change what you are, but God can. And again, that's why Jesus came. You know, it's just like, you know, um, um, Jeff, uh, what's your name? Straczynski. Yeah. He's got these mules, you know, flop-eared mules. I don't know if they flop or not, but, you know, anyway. And let's just say, you know, you know Jeff, I want to I get one of them. I'm gonna, I, I want to get one of the mules from you. And you say, well, what for? I said, because I'm going to make him into a racing horse. <laughs> and he would look at me very mysteriously and, you know, like, really? 
And I'll say, no, 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 no. No, really, I want to get one of these, these mules from you because I'm, I'm going to turn him into a racehorse. You know, I've, I've been looking at this, and, you know, I'm going to, you know, put the best feed and everything like that that I can into him. I can't imagine that I'd do any better than he does. But anyway, I'm going to give him all these things, and I've got this racetrack, and I found that there's a new formula in soil and sand, you know, that I can mix together and make the track out of. And boy, I'm telling you what, praise God, it'll make them fly like nothing else. Not only that, you know, they have those rabbits when the dogs are racing, you know, that rabbit thing, you know, that mechanical thing to get the dogs to run. I got a better idea than that. You know, along the railing, all way around the outside of this thing, I'm going to put arrow, lighted arrows, you know, that, that go down like that, you know, and, and make them red so that when the mule sees that, man, I mean, he's going to chase that arrow. And I mean, it, and I've got a lot of other things that I've thought about, you know, and I'm telling you what, I'm going to turn this mule into a racehorse. Well, guess what? You can do all of whatever it is that you want to do but it is not going to change that mule. When the gate opens, he's probably just going to, you know, walk on out there and go, what do you got to eat? Because he's not, that's not his nature. Are you listening to me? And, and, you know, unfortunately, within the church world, that's what we've done. We've tried to turn people into something they cannot be turned into through membership, through church attendance, through baptism, whatever form that you want to choose. I mean, and if you follow all of these ordinances and you jump through our hoops and you follow this red flashing light down the, down the deal, baby, you're in. But you know what? When you come out of the gate, dude, you're just still as lost and a sinner as you ever were. Huh? The only thing that changes people is Jesus and God's ability to change your nature and make you a new creation in Him. The way into the kingdom of God is through the new birth. You know, Jesus said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must or can be saved. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again, otherwise you will never see the kingdom of God. And all of those things that are stated there uh, point to one thing, and that is you have to recognize that Jesus is the Christ, and you have to surrender and repent of your sin so that you can be born of his spirit and receive the life that he offers to you freely. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Not a very good outcome, but the gift. Everybody say gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God you don't have to work it. You don't have to try to figure it out. You don't have to do anything except just call on him, receive him, repent of your sin, and that way you can then be born of the Spirit of God. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. And old things are passed away. Everybody say, thank God. And all things become new. You're not going to be a new creation. You are a new creation. And you know, people will say, well, you know, but I got this in my life and I'm struggling with that and I'm trying to figure all of these things. You just haven't figured out what it is that God's already done for you. If you knew the reality and the truth and the revelation of what it is that he's accomplished for you, none of those things would be able to keep their hold on you. But as long as you believe the lie and you say, well, I just can't, you know, get away from this or I can't stop doing that or whatever the case might be, you're only doing that because that's what you believe. You don't know the truth because Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And he has provided redemption for each and every one of us. And I tell you what, praise God, we should always take advantage of what it is he's done. Amen. God is the one who has chosen to forgive you. Glory to God. But not only that, he's chosen to forgive. He's chosen to redeem. He's chosen to heal. And he has chosen to deliver. 
Woo, glory to God. I mean, all in one fell swoop. He did it all through the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's available. That's his plan. It's, 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 his, it's his plan. You know, when we, when we read the scriptures, and it says, excuse me, therefore, uh, let's see, what does it say, Bill? Okay, never mind. Um, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everybody say new. And the next verse of Scripture says, and all of this is from God. It's His plan. So that you could be a new creation in Him and live the abundant life to enjoy, praise God, the life of God that He has granted unto you now, right here, right now, to live in victory. Praise God to not be a victim, but glory to God, know that you are the one who's been purchased with His blood so that you can stand upright, call yourself a child of the living God, and represent Him in this world in which we live. Glory to God forevermore. I tell you what, I'm doing a whole lot better preaching. You're doing shouting. Because there's things God's done. We need to wake up to what it is that God has provided for us. Hallelujah. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting there going, well, where's Joan? She went to see her sister. Okay? Y'all glad? All right? Settle down. Come back. Listen to what we're talking about. So if you think you don't qualify... Listen, you know, a lot of people, they don't think they qualify. I'm telling you, none of us qualify. Are you with me? But see, that's the lie of the devil. Bringing condemnation into your life, trying to keep you away from the one who has purchased you, who has life, who has strength. He wants you to believe something today. Instead of believing the condemnation, praise God, he wants you to believe what he said. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. Hallelujah. So like, again, if you don't feel like you uh, qualify, welcome to the party. Isn't God awesome? You know, you look at Jesus in the New Testament, and you discover he wasn't going around condemning people. I mean, the woman taken in adultery is a great example. He said, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? She says, well, nobody, Lord. He said, neither do I. God is not in the condemning business. He is in the forgiving business. Huh? We're not condoning what it is that she did, but thank God there's forgiveness with him. I tell you, God wants you to walk in victory today. You need to stop listening to some of the stupid things that you have been listening to and believe and start believing the Bible. You say, you know, Pastor, you're getting a little rough here. Uh Uh-huh. We don't have time, man. There are people walking around, you know, and they're strutting their stuff, and they think they're so smart. Uh, No. No. As long as you're believing junk, and you're believing, you know, different things because it appeases you, because it sets you in a place to where you're comfortable, my friend, you better get your theology straightened back out. (laughs) How am I doing? Okay. Ryan says, give it to him, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you know, we really don't have time. And, and, and to be honest with you, uh, I tire of some folks' uh, behaviors and belief. When it, and, and they've been Christians a long time. Are you listening to me? And all they're doing, it's a, it, well, anyway, stop it. <laughs> if you just stop that, it'd make my life a whole lot easier. Amen. Amen. Let's look at a verse of Scripture. (laughs) Let's move on. Mark chapter 2. Look with me in the uh, Gospels, second chapter, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, second chapter of Mark. Look at this story with me. What I want to talk to you for just a few moments here about before we uh, have communion together and also uh, pray for the sick is I want to talk to you about... um, and this is found throughout the scriptures of which we'll never exhaust within this brief time that we have together. But I want to talk to you about forgiveness and healing because it's, it's all over in the Bible. It's, you know, some have preached the message, you know, uh, something like the blood of Jesus, the double cure, uh, you know, because it is, it takes care of both of them. So you can get saved and you can get healed. Hallelujah. 
You say, well, I don't much believe in that healing business. Well, then go without, you know. Yeah, but you know, you folks are strange about this, that, and the other. The only reason I'm strange is because I believe something you don't. And if I was believing something outside the parameters of the gospel and the Bible, then I would say, yeah, I'm strange. But my strangeness to you is only because I've chosen to believe what's in the Word of God, and you haven't. Oh, this goes over great. You know, well, I just believe, you know, that sometimes God heals and sometimes He doesn't. Well, you're entitled to that belief, but I'm telling you, Himself took our infirmity and bare our sicknesses, and by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Are you with me? Yeah, but how do you explain this and how do you explain? I don't explain any of it. I don't pretend to understand everybody's circumstances and why it is that they find themselves in their particular, particular predicament. But I do know what the Bible says. Are you listening to me? That went over big. Yeah, you know. And so I'm going to believe him. I don't know. I don't know everything. I know a little something, but I don't know much. But I know himself took my infirmity and bare my sicknesses. Well, why did they die? I don't know. Why are they infirmed? I don't know. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Are you with me? But I know what God's best is. That's for you to be well, for you to be healed, for you to be whole. But see, if you keep looking at all of the reasons why you don't believe or don't want to believe, then you'll just stay there. And I've decided, praise God, to pack my bags and leave that spot and move into a place, praise God, where there's faith and where people believe the Word of God. Amen. So that His will can be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So let's look at this verse in Mark chapter uh, 2 about forgiveness and healing. It says uh, that Jesus entered into Capernaum. After some days, it was noise that He was in the house And so immediately many were gathered together insomuch that there wasn't even room to receive them. No, not so much as even about the door. And he preached. What did he preach? He preached the Word. I tell you what, we need the Word of God. We don't need philosophy. We don't need some, you know, uh, intellectual, academic kind of prowess. We need the Word. You know, Paul said, hey, I want your faith not to stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, because it's only the power of God that brings about change in people's lives. So anyway, reading on here, I get to go on and yeah, he preached the word unto them, verse three, and they came to him and they brought one sick of the palsy. Palsy was like a a crippling paralysis, a a degeneration of becoming paralyzed, uh, which was born of four men. And when they could not come near to him for the press or because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. Woo! Glory to God, I like their faith, don't you? Huh? I mean, I like it. It's like, hey, we no, this guy is going to get healed. Hallelujah, we're going to get him to the master. And and we're going to figure out a way. So they, they went around the back of the house, climbed the gate, did whatever, got up to the backside band and started tearing the stinking roof off. Woo! Huh? You know, so one of them said, hey, before we go, look in the window. Where, just where is he in the room so that we can tear the roof off? And that way when we drop him down, he'll be right in front of him. Man, I'm telling you what now. I'm, I, I mean, that's, that there is committed. That there is, I mean, passion. That is, hey, let's get after it. Huh? Whatever it takes. Well, anyway, let's go on reading. So uh, they uncovered the roof, verse 4, where he was. See what I'm saying? And when they broke it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you love to have been there, man? You know, you're listening to Jesus, the master's, and then these guys, they got pitchforks and, and crowbars and hammers and God only knows what, man. And they're tearing the roof off this guy's house. I mean, that's got to be a distraction, don't you think, Jeff? I mean, come on. You know, all of a sudden, hey, whoa, look, there's light. You can see. I mean, and these guys are tearing this thing apart. And they let him down right in front of them. Hallelujah. Let's go on reading. Wow. 
Now, they let him down the bed. They let the down wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Now, listen to this. Verse 5. And when Jesus saw their what? He saw their what? They saw, he saw their faith. You know, faith gives action to the power of the word. Your faith is revealed both in word and deed. I mean, God had to be in heaven saying, listen to me. If these guys are willing to do all of that, he said, far be it from me to let this opportunity pass by for something significant to happen. Now, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't believe that this guy would be healed, huh? No, I mean, you know, you just wouldn't do that. But sure enough, praise God, this guy was surrounded by four guys. Everybody say, thank God for the four guys. Now, I know you like five guys' hamburgers, but four guys let this guy down. Are you with me? And now notice he says, he saw their faith, and then he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Wait a minute. That's not why we came. Huh? I mean, why would he bring that up? He's, I mean, apparently, you know, we know that there's a, a condition of infirmity here or sickness, illness, whatever you want to call. And Jesus said, son, your, your sins are forgiven. Well, you know, there's a bunch of uh, naysayers in the crowd, a bunch of them in the house. Sometimes I get people like that in the house. Yeah, I pray for you and against the devil that is instrumental in all that unbelief almost every week. Are you with me? Because I don't want to doubt and unbelief of somebody else keeping the power of God from functioning. Well, you know, we just do it this way. I don't care how you do it. I'm going to do it his way. You say, well, that's strange. That's what I thought. But you know what? If it produces results, who cares? Now, if you're being weird, then we don't like weird. But you know, there's going to be things that Jesus does you can't explain. There's going to be things that God does in your midst that are new to you. Huh? I was in Omaha, Nebraska, downtown at the Red Lion um, Convention Center a long time ago. And there was, a, there was a minister that uh, they had two guys preaching. This is during the Fagumbi thing, you know. You say, what's that? Full Gospel Businessmen's International Organization. And, and they were having this meeting there. I think that's who sponsored. It doesn't make any difference. But I was in this service, and this minister was talking about decide, decree, and declare. And as he was ministering, he said that God is going to shoot the arrow of God's deliverance into people's situations tonight, and they are going to be set free. And I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> Big person of faith I am. Oh, maybe I might have, might have thought, well, yeah, this will be interesting to see how this happens. So he preached this message, and he got done, and then he said, anybody that's got infirmities or whatever, stand up. And this is, I don't know, probably 1,500, 2,000 people that's packed into this, this room. And these people are standing up, you know, all over the place. And uh, so he goes about, prays this prayer, and, and he says, essentially, I don't remember how exactly it came about, but he said, when I point to you, the Spirit of God's going to come on you and heal you. And I'm sure that everybody's going, yeah, right, we'll watch. Well, you know what? They did watch. And when he pointed his finger at these people, God is my heavenly witness, the power of God hit that person. I mean, there wasn't no pushing people over or seeing whether they're going under the power, man. Dude, they went to the floor. And they all of a sudden they're screaming. You know, usually you don't see a lot of screaming in church services. You know, but when people get the devil cast out of them, they do some screaming. But you know, a lot of people when those things start happening, they get spooked. And yet it's in the Bible. Why in the world would we do that? And they'll say, well, I ain't going back there, man. I'm, I'm telling you, the people are weird, you know. And miss the blessing of God. So he's shooting the arrow of the Lord's deliverance all over this room. People are going down under the power of God. There's screaming going on. They're, I mean, shouting. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And then he says, all right, you know, once they kind of got back to themselves, he said, stand up, tell me what the Lord did. 
And I'm telling you guys, it was the most amazing thing of these people being delivered by the power of God. There was no denying what it is that God did in that church or in that service. Huh? But it was unusual. I don't know how come I keep talking about this. You know, sometimes there's stuff that happens that's unusual. You know, the people of the uh, uh, Gospels, you know, when Jesus, they said, we've never seen it on this way. We've never seen people, you know, have happened what's happening. That's what happens when the power of God is present to heal. You know, there's a place where he's preaching. I think it's in Luke chapter maybe 7 or so. The Bible says that he was preaching. There were Pharisees. And, and the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal. Some people don't believe in the power of God. They don't even want the power of God. Why? Because it's probably going to bring them under conviction about their own goofed up life. You know, I always pray and ask the Lord to give me boldness. Sometimes. We need to hear it. <clears throat> Be careful, you guys, about who you hang out with. Some people will, they'll destroy your faith. They'll keep you from believing anything. They'll say, ah, no, 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 no. We want you to stay in this nice little religious box. Don't, don't, don't be coloring outside the lines now here. You hear me? You know, don't hang out with them people because they won't help you. I tell you what, sometimes you just, well, anyway, praise the Lord. I'm trying to read the rest of this. You guys keep interrupting me. So when he saw his, his, uh, their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, your, son, your sins be forgiven thee. But they that were of, uh, the cert, uh, of certain, let's see, let me read this again. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies? Because who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, why do, you, why do you think like you do? Why do you reason within your heart the way you do? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, your sins be forgiven, to thee, uh, be, be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now get this. Woo! Glory to God, I wish I could have been there. Now notice verse 10 says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, glory to God, arise, take up your bed, and go your way into your house. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately he rose, took up the bed. And went forth before them all. I tell you what, I think that the meeting was on now. Huh? Yeah. And he went, uh, 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 went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, glorifying God and saying, hey, hey, we have not seen this before. Isn't that cool? He got healed. I tell you what, if you're the paralytic on the bed, you are a happy camper. Because the power of God has delivered you from whatever it is that you were once bound by. And that's exactly what God wants to do in all of our lives. Somebody's trying to call me on my phone here. Fall detected. Call emergency services. Huh? There we go. It'll quiet down now. <laughs> Woo! You know, the question uh, with these scribes was, can he forgive? Now, obviously, they didn't think so because they were not uh, proponents of what it is that he was doing. You know, <laughs> um, but, but really, it was more on the, on the order of does he have authority to do this or say this? And he just made it clear to them, hallelujah, you know, um, yes, I do. The question for you, you know, you might be sitting there and say, can I be healed? I just want to tell you, yes, you can. Hallelujah, you can receive his power into your body, and he can effect a healing and a cure for you. This same Jesus who paid the price for you and for your forgiveness also made it possible for you to be healed. Because healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. 
The Bible says Jesus went about all the cities and villages, preaching in their synagogues, teaching, or teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So that means whatever the diagnosis, the power of God is, you know, it's like people say, well, you know, if you've got a little something, something, you know, God can pray. No, dude, it don't make no difference what it is. You got a, a guy that's a, a sick paralytic on a bed that gets up and walks away, dear friend, praise God, that's the power of God. He also said, you know, when he, when he uh, delivered the nation of Israel, it says he brought them forth with silver and gold. In other words, he didn't leave them in lack and deficiency when they took off, dude. He loaded them up with all of Egypt's stuff. Huh? You know, people, they'll, they'll preach and they'll, they'll say all kinds of, you know, things against prospering and, and, and being blessed of God and having sufficiency and resource for your life. Well, you know, you can't do this. You can't. I tell you what, dude, it's, it's unbelief. It's doubt and unbelief. I mean, look at what it is that he did for the people. He brought them forth with just enough to get by. Matter of fact, they were on the short supply. And I don't know if they were actually ever going to make it. No, he brought them forth with silver and with gold. And, and, everybody say and. And there was not one feeble among their tribe. Come on now. Now you, I mean, let's just, let's cut a cross section out of society and culture today of two and a half million people. Now, do you suppose there would be any sick or infirm people in that group? Huh? I mean, you know, you got young, you got old, you got everything in between. I mean, within that, and the Bible says, when they partook of that Passover, which we're about get ready to get to here in a minute, when they partook of that, they went in its strength, and they were healed by that, and there was not one. Everybody say, not one. There was not one of them, not one, that was feeble among all of them. Granny was getting her stuff on. Are you listening to me? Glory to God forevermore. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I tell you, you need to get to blessing the Lord. I said, you need to get to blessing the Lord. You know, you get your eyes on all this other stuff, man, and you forget about who it is that you serve. Are you with me? I'm not talking about, I'm not trying to discredit or discount, maybe is a better way of putting it, you know, the realities of the things that are going on in the world, but I'm telling you what, you serve a living God that's greater, hallelujah, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's greater, glory to God, in anything and everything that you will ever have to experience in your life, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So bless the Lord, O your soul. And all that is within you, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Woo! You know, the Lord has benefits. You know, everybody, when they're going for a job, they're getting in the interview, they're going, hey, man, what's the bennies? Compensation, baby. What do we got going? What are you going to give me? Well, I want a truck. You know, and I want health insurance, and I want money, and I want whatever, whatever. What are those? Those are benefits. Bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits. Well, you know, psalmist, why don't you tell us what some of those benefits are? Look with me, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Who forgives part of your iniquities? All of them. Everybody say all. Yeah. Who heals part of your diseases? All of them. Goes on to say, who redeems your life from destruction. If you're bound by something today, I'm telling you what, dear friend, this is your day to get free. You don't have to be bound by alcoholism, drug addictions, nicotine, anything, you know, whatever, sex addictions, all of this other kind of stuff. Dude, you can get delivered right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He delivers your life. This is a benefit that you get when you come into Christ. He delivers you from all your destruction. Who crowns you? 
Oh, think about that with me for a minute. Who crowns you? Come on up here. Let's put a robe on you, baby. Let's get a big old ring and put it on there and, and let's dress you up. Let's get you cleaned up. Let's, let's get you so you're looking like you ought to. Huh? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm telling you, Matt, I'm not, I mean, if, <laughs> I'm telling you, God loves you. You Nimrod, come on. I'm telling you, he loves you, and he wants the best for you. Crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies, satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, them are some kind of benefits. Who wouldn't want in on that? Well, unfortunately, some people don't. I think they do, but they don't. You know what I'm saying? You got to commit. A lot of folk, they're just not willing to commit. I did that. You know, I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, you know, and, and uh, people are pitching me the gospel. I, I mentioned to you, I knew I needed to. But, you know, the stupid thing. I, everybody say stupid. Yeah, the stupid thing was I didn't want to give up what I was doing. I didn't want to give up my friends. You know, I always wanted to fly all my life. And <clears throat> I knew that the only way I could do that is go to the Air Force. But because I was not so bright, I said, well, I don't want to do that because if I go to the Air Force, then I'll have to give up all my friends. That is dumb. Now, thank God, God was merciful to me and got it done anyway. But you understand the point. Sometimes we just don't think right. Are you with me? And I come to find out when I gave my heart to Jesus, my friends, well, um, and it wasn't so much them necessarily as it was my decision to walk in a different direction. Are you with me? And if you're going to live for Jesus, if, if, listen, if you're going to live successfully for Christ, if you're going to live victoriously for Christ, you cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It doesn't work that way. You know, the Bible says the disciples left everything, and they followed him. And we've we got a lot of people, you know, and sometimes, you know, they, they walk away for a while, but then all of a sudden, you know, there's a distraction over here or there, you know, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know, yeah, I remember that. And then they end up stepping back into this pile of poo. And guess what? You get soiled and you stink. So if you want that for your life, man. Hallelujah. Woo-wee. Anyway, this is really good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sickness and disease is from hell, you guys. It's not from heaven. God's not trying to teach you something with it. That theology, I mean, I've covered a lot of theology today. But that whole theology about, you know, maybe God's trying to tell, teach you something or whatever, dude, that is the most horrific doctrine that I've ever heard in my life. That'd be like you trying to put some kind of whatever on your children so you could teach them something. Dude, that's insane is what that is. God doesn't, you know, put stuff on people. You know, God and the devil are not working together. Huh? Are you with me? Sickness and disease is from hell. And we're to stand against it. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Isn't that what the Bible says? Huh? Now look at this verse of scripture with me and we'll try to close. Wow. Is it really this time? It is. Okay, look at Luke chapter 13 with me. Hang on with me for a second. You say, yeah, but what about, you know, forget about what about whatever. Just, just stay right here. Yeah, but you know, I like to eat. You'll get to eat. Listen, you ain't going to dry up and blow away anytime soon. From what I can see, everything's cool. Are you with me? So just, you know, relax. Look at Luke chapter 13. And look at uh, verse 11. Behold, there was a woman which had an infirmity or a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. 
Now, a lot of times people read that, well, do I have a spirit? Do I, you know, she had a spirit of infirmity. Listen, don't let your mind go off on some wild idea, okay? You know, she did, and Jesus knew it. Notice what it says here. She had this 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Woo! Glory to God forevermore. Well, a bunch of rulers of the synagogue, they were indignant and got mad because it was a Sabbath. You can't work on the Sabbath. Healing people is work. Bunch of knotheads. You know? I mean, the way that people think, you know, and so here's Jesus' reasoning here, if you drop down for the sake of time. He, he said in 15, he said, you hypocrites, and, and religion will be that way. You hypocrites, does not each one of you uh, on the Sabbath loose his ox or ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Now listen to this. And ought not this woman, listen, listen, listen. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, he's talking covenant, isn't he? Huh? Well, you got a new covenant with better promises. Glory to God forevermore. Now, notice it says, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he said those things, all his adversaries were ashamed, thank God. And the people rejoiced. Woo! So there's a lot in that. But we see for sure that the one causing the illness was not God. Jesus and God the Father worked together to set the captive free. Isn't that right? Wasn't the devil. Or I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't God. It was the devil. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everybody say power. And he went about doing good. Healing is good. I don't know if you knew that or not. But when you get well, you know, any of you go through the COVID deal? Huh? Were you glad when you got on the backside? Did, you didn't say, hey, I think I'll take a little more of that. Huh? No. You got happy. Because healing is good who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness and disease is an oppression from hell. And God wants to set you free. Can you say amen? amen. There are a lot of things that I can, I mean, uh, I'm going to read this one here. When Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw that his wife's mother lay sick of a fever. So Peter's mother-in-law is ill. Okay, And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. He said, we ain't having this. Huh? Jesus walked into that bedroom or wherever it was she was and grabbed her by the hand and said, come on up out of there. We're done enough of this. Listen to me. That's the God that we serve. Amen. And when the evening was come, they brought to Jesus all of these people, the Bible says, who were... Uh, Possessed of the devil, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Hallelujah. That it might be fulfilled by the, uh, that was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That's the same. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Are you listening to me? That same God will do today just what he did then. And I'm, you know, I could talk about that, but I won't. And uh, finally, we're going to move on down to the end here. The Bible says, therefore, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them at the time when you pray, and you will have them. We're going to pray for the sick here in just a moment. And I tell you what, all I want you to do is to come down if you're, you know, a candidate for this. And I want you to just come down knowing I believe that when hands are laid upon me, that I am going to receive the power of God into my body to affect a healing and cure in my life. And praise God, you can get healed. Are you listening to me? You all ready for that? You all ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Amen. Let's pray.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful, Father, for your living word and your promises to us. And Father, we realize that without you, we can do nothing. But thank God we can obey your word. We can follow in the footsteps of the master. We can do what it is that he's called us to do. And we can fulfill divine purpose in the world in which we live. So, Father, I want to thank you in advance for all of those who are intending to come and to be ministered to through the laying on of hands. And I believe, Father, with all my heart that every one of them are going to get healed in the name of Jesus. And we just rejoice in your goodness. We thank you so much for coming to visit and to bless us, Father, in our lives. We're also coming to a table, Father, to receive a, a, a communion that reminds us of what it is that Jesus did and the sacrifice that he made. And Father, I want to thank you today for your amazing power in every person's life to affect a healing, a cure, to bring about change in people's lives in a supernatural kind of way. Father, thank you for your blessing in this house this morning as we pray together and as we believe you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, ushers.